And welcome back to Kidman Talk. This is your host, Carl Bastian, coming to you from Kidology.org. Hey, this is a very special podcast, not only because you're going to learn how you can get over $400 in family ministry resources for free this week, but because I have a guest. His name is Scott Taransky. If you've not heard that name, you need to learn it along with his ministry partner, Joe Ann Miller. They are the creators and founders of the National Center for Biblical Parenting. Scott's been doing parenting workshops for over 30 years. He teamed up with Joanne about 20 years ago. Together, they've written 10 books. They have three complete video training programs. In fact, they've got 110 trainers representing the National Center for Biblical Parenting all over the country, equipping churches and training parents. And we sat down to talk about family ministry. You know, the latest fad, the latest... uh, hip thing. Every church is talking about how to do family ministry better. Every new Kidman resource has a family or parenting component. And so Scott laid out a great strategy, his four levels of family ministry that you can use as a grid to help you grow and improve and enhance the family ministry at your church. And we also talk about his brand new book, The Christian Parenting Handbook, that if purchased this week, you get an addition as a gift for $400 in family ministry resources. So sit back, relax, as I chat famine with Scott. It helps to have a framework to um, put all these family ministry ideas because there's training parents and there's intergenerational stuff and there's at-home stuff. And, and so talk to me about your idea and, and how children's pastors who are kind of overwhelmed by this whole sphere of family ministry and all that it can entail and look like and all these components and how they can kind of organize that mentally and then in their ministry. Because I I just think it's a fantastic way you approach it. Well, it's really important. You know, we offer at the National Center for Biblical Parenting free consultations to ministry leaders to help them move in this direction of family ministry. Because, and we're finding that here's what the, the people are calling us are saying, well, I got family ministry now in my title, but I don't know exactly what that means. <laughs> and so, uh, and I don't even know if the senior pastor knows exactly what that means. But like you said, it's a hot thing now. We've got to reach family. So how are we going to do that? And the reality is that churches are all unique and different. You can't just hand somebody a box and say, here's family ministry, do it. There's lots of different ways that people do family ministry today. You'll hear about this person doing it this way and this person doing it that way. And we know that there's a lot of ways to do that. So in our consultations, we listen first. We find out where a church is at, what they're doing, and then we take them in through a process in order to reach the parents. Because no matter what you're doing in family ministry, the key is parents. You're trying to connect parents more successfully. You know, I had a children's pastor just last night at our Kidology gathering. He said, you know... I like to call it children's ministry with a parenting component or a parent focus. And I thought that was interesting. It's good. That's a great way to think about it. We've got to get engage the parents. You can't just assign the idea of parent training to some small group leader in the life of the church. It's got to be integrated into this. And, and frankly, what we do is we'll work with whoever comes to us. Sometimes people say, oh, you can't get it done unless your senior pastor is involved. We don't believe that. We do believe that the most effective way to transform a church is when you've got as many leaders on board as possible. So if the senior pastor is going to get on board, that'd be great. But if the senior pastor is not on board, does that mean it's We can't do anything? No, we'll take whoever will come to us. If the children's pastor says we want to do it, then we'll take that sphere of influence and we'll bring parents into that piece. If a Sunday school teacher comes to us and says we want to do family ministry, we'll just work with that Sunday school class and help them do family ministry. If a parent comes to us, we'll show them how to pass the faith on to their child. So 
the key thing is we've got to take whoever's interested in this and empower them to engage parents. Whatever you're doing in family ministry, it means parents. That's what we specialize in is helping churches know how to engage parents successfully on a number of levels of family ministry. Now, it can take on many shapes. You know, obviously the simplistic send home stuff and help the parents do it. There's doing events like a mother-daughter banquet, a father-daughter banquet, father-son retreats. There's parenting workshops, you know, bringing in you and Joanne to do some training. But you mentioned, was it four levels of family ministry, a way to kind of organize all these different things so that you have a, a structure to know, to kind of have a balanced family ministry. What were, what were those? Was it four levels you called them? Yeah, four levels. See, once we're done listening to the church and finding where they are, what, how are they already engaging parents, then we lay out our four levels of family ministry. Because no matter what you're doing in family ministry, you're trying to engage people on these four levels. The first level is providing engaging children and youth programs so that you're really discipling children and youth. The Bible talks about a discipleship mandate, and that's not just for adults, it's for everyone. We're, we're trying to reach the, uh, everyone for Jesus Christ and disciple them, according to Matthew 28. That's not just adults, that's children too. So we're providing engaging programs for children and youth and trying to invite parents into that process right from the beginning. So that's level one. So we start there. Just start with quality programming. And when you start a new ministry, that's where you have to start anyway. And that, that's where you're having a secure check-in. That's where you're doing background checks, doing things that give parents a sense of security and a sense of confidence of what you're doing, getting parents involved as volunteers, knowing what's going on. So it's just laying that foundation, basically. That's right. And just keeping parents in the loop instead of just viewing yourselves as the professionals and the parents are on the sidelines trying to get the parents involved in the process with you. That's level one, just working your present system and getting parents a little bit more engaged in what you're doing. Okay. Set level two, then, is to offer parent training programs, like a small group on parenting or a parenting seminar or a parenting class or some way to engage parents so that they can be better parents. If we can help parents know how to work with their children using a heart-based approach instead of just behavior modification, we are doing some significant work to engage the parents inside of the church network. Okay. And you can do that by obviously bringing someone like you in, but you could do it through video-based stuff. Sure. You can do it... Um, providing books or resources to them, getting them to sign up for an email. Do you know a good email that sends out great <laughs> We have free tips. email parenting tips. And the point, the point <laughs> is here, we've got lots of resources at every one of these levels yeah. because we've been doing this for many years. So we can equip churches to do these. But when churches start thinking about these different levels, these four levels, it makes sense. Then they say, oh, yeah, okay, I really want to emphasize level one or I want to emphasize level two. And then they can start digging into that and they see more progress in what they're doing. So it just... It levels the playing field a little bit for a number of these churches. So I think it's strategic as we're trying to train parents to work with their children. Here's why. If you take the mandate in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, we usually look at that mandate as disciple people as individuals. But that's not the only thing we need to do. As church leaders, we must look at the discipleship mandate it's not just reaching individuals to help them grow spiritually as individuals. We're helping to reach individuals in their roles and relationships, doing better at work, doing well at home. How can we help them be better marriage partners? One of the pieces, how can we help them be better parents? So the discipleship mandates, I think, requires us as church leaders to be discipling parents to know how to be better parents. That's level two. One thing we did at my last church that they really responded well to is we had, I just called it a, a parenting forum. I didn't have a fancy name for it, but we invited parents to come and I invited what I called veteran parents, 
you know, they were empty nesters. They had, they had successfully, you know, raised kids. And I just set up round tables and I had a 15 minute timer. And I actually put topics on the tables uh, on a stand up little stand. And I invited the parents just to pick a table. But at these tables were these seasoned uh, veteran parents. That's cool. And they didn't move. But the parents moved every 15 minutes to a new table. That's and great. And just discussed whether it was discipline, you know, and I don't remember the topics off the top of my head, but every 15 minutes I rang the bell and the parents got up and moved. And they just got to um, talk about that topic with that amongst each other because they all have wisdom to share. They're yeah. all experts of their kids and their issues. But they, there was that seasoned person there to share their stories. And it wasn't necessarily expert stories. I said, you can share your failures. You can... You know, uh, Mark Harper just shared a great blog post recently of the things, mistakes he made as a dad. And he talked about how he never let his kid watch Ninja Turtles. And he probably should have lightened up and let his kid watch Ninja Turtles. And, and uh, last night at the gathering, I was you know joking with his son about that. So you, you can even share the things that, you know, I probably shouldn't have done this. And I probably should have done that. And the young, younger parents need to, to hear those stories yeah. as well. You know, I thought it was, Carl, that I got this idea from you. From your in your ministry, didn't you have a group called VIP parents? They were very important parents, or something like yeah, that. Very and you, intentional parents. Very intentional parents. Okay, so I've used that idea for church leaders to say, pull a group of parents together. These are your your core parents who will then help pass on this idea of parents being involved. I really liked that idea. I yeah. thought it was strategic, and we share that with other people as well. well. Thank you. Well, rather than talk about that now, I will just link to that leadership lab in the show notes, and people can click on that and, and read about that. Cool. Um, Group Magazine put an article about that called The New Deal in Children's Ministry Magazine. I'll link to that article as well in the show notes. But it was great all idea. about partnering has to be uh, a negotiated relationship. In so many um, partnerships, in fact, any partnership, whether you're buying a car or whatever, two parties come together and they both agree in the partnership. Yes. But too often in partnering with parents, the church has their idea of what the parent should do mm. and the parent has their idea of what the church should do, but they never actually talk about it. And, and they both enter that partnership yeah. with different ideas. And then we wonder why parents are frustrated with the church and the church is frustrated with parents. Yeah. Well, it's because it's a non-negotiated partnership. Makes and, sense. Uh, and so my VIP program was a was a group of parents who I'd actually negotiated a partnership with, and they'd entered into yeah. a. Uh, a they paid a little bit of money every agreed. month or was, every year yeah, like or something. A Costco like. membership. It was yeah, and I remember that it was so great. Well, yeah, and then you you were making all kinds of money right, on that, right, right? weren't you? It was, it was fascinating, <laughs> and, and it really it, no, it was it, a good it, thing. That piques your curiosity. Just uh, go to the show notes, and you can click on those links. And a lot of churches have, have, have tried it, and a lot of them have modified. They've taken the concept and applied it in a way that worked uh, in their church, and a lot of them have done it very differently. But they've they've uh, they've liked the, the core concept. So level two is really engaging parents directly. That's just an example of what you're saying is doing that. If you engage parents to help be better parents, then you're really working that discipleship model. You're at the level two of family ministry. Okay. So Ready what's to to, level three? Let's go to level three. Level three is providing your people in your church with intergenerational opportunities. These are opportunities for certainly dads and moms to work with their children on site where we're working together so that parents and children are are serving the Lord together or off site where they're doing a mission project together. Or sometimes it's not even parents and their children. It's intergenerational in the fact that you've got older believers working with children in a way that's engaging people in uh, inter intergenerational ministry. It's a way to pass the faith on from the older generation to the younger generation. We're going to involve parents as much as we can in that process. But sometimes, frankly, the parents don't attend the church. They're not even saved. And so we're getting children 
connected with spiritual parents, as it were, so that we're, we're connecting them generationally with others. So it really benefits these children to be connected. That's fascinating. And that, that takes some uh, intentionality and some planning. Um, our church did some uh, family VBSs, and they were just three days. And I was just telling someone earlier today, um, I love the three days because Sunday after church, we could start planning. We had all day Monday to set up. Um, and then Monday was our kickoff, and then Tuesday uh, was the hump. I mean, Wednesday was the hump. Just one more day. Our finale was on Thursday, and then uh, from a practical point of view, I had all day Friday to clean up, and I could still have Saturday with my family. And um, But the recruiting was easier because parents were my volunteers. I mean, I didn't have to recruit a bazillion uh, volunteers for the Vacation Bible School. Um, but just seeing the... Um, the families all together. And then for families who said that they couldn't do it for whatever reason, um, or like you were saying, their kids weren't from a Christian family, part of that registration form was, well, then they just had to choose a family that they could come with. We put the burden on the registration person. So even if, you know, say, for example, me and my wife couldn't go, but we wanted our son to, we would pick a family. We'd say, well, Luke's going to go with the Taranskis. And uh, then that, that was fine. Yeah, but, it's uh, a because here's why this works. It works because not only are you saying now, parents, train your kids to be uh, Christians. Instead of just passing the faith on by telling parents what to do, you're bringing them on site and showing them how to do it. You're providing opportunities for them to go to the homeless shelter and take sack lunches to them or something where parents and children are working together. It's very important if children are going to catch the faith today for them to see it in action in the, the generation that's. Uh, come before them. So that's why this third level is so important in family ministry. I had dads tell me because in our small groups, we'd break into small groups and I would lead a short devotional and then I'd say, I want you to break into family huddles and I want you to discuss this and here's your, you know, these dads were for some, for the very first time, were leading a spiritual discussion with their family. Yeah. And then at the end of the week, I'd say, now you know how to do this at the dinner table. Now you had to do this in your home. And it was stealth training in how to lead a family devotion. Yeah, you're not just telling parents to do it. Now you're showing them how. They're doing it on site. They're being discipled in the way to pass the faith on to their children. Now, in our family VBS program that we offer, we break people into groups of 8 to 10. So the family's together, but maybe with another family. Because the family has so many faces today. You've got a single mom and her son. But they're together with a grandma and her two kids. So you're, you've got groups of 6 to 8 to 10 people in a group, but and they're called a family. They work together through the various stations as they're learning more about the Lord and then interacting uh, spiritually together. That's actually how we did it too, so that, you, so that someone who did, wasn't as gifted, they could kind of benefit from somebody else. So that's level three, and then, uh, boy, once you're doing that, you're ready to go to level four. And level, level four? Level four is very important. It's this idea of parents being the primary disciple makers for their children. Wow. Now, this is something that we all want. And as Christian leaders, children's ministry workers, we know that we can only get so far with these kids. We've got them for a little bit of time. Parents got them for a lot of time at home. So let, how can we embrace this idea of disciple making on a home level and equip parents to be the disciple makers of their children? I think many of our Christian homes today would benefit from energizing their devotions in their home. Now, see, I think sometimes when parents want to do devotions at home, they sit around the table and read the Bible to their kids. I, I got to tell you, there's nothing wrong with that. Children can benefit from hearing their parents read the Bible to them, but it's a very adult way of learning. Children learn through activity. Why not teach parents how to use activity at home to excite their children about God's Word? The Bible is relevant and exciting for a child today. It's not just for 
for when they're going to get to be older. Some kids believe the Bible's an adult book. Well, let's help them see that it's not an, just an adult book. The Bible's relevant and practical for them right now. That's what we're trying to help parents understand in level four. That's fun. Well, and there's so many ways to do it. Um, my little boy's into cars, I and mean, he's just crazy about cars. What little boy isn't? So we do what's called a pit stop. We actually went to a NASCAR uh, website. I let my son pick out a NASCAR hat for me. <laughs> he picked the Target hat, the Target store. Sure. And uh, so I put on that Target hat, and he knows we're having a pit stop. It's when we pull out of the race of life mm. and are going to have our like devotional time. And if I don't put that hat on and we're halfway through our pit stop, he'll go, Dad, you don't have your pit stop hat on. And uh, so I've got to go find that hat. It's usually up on the mantle, but occasionally I've left it on, and it's up in the bedroom because I never took it off after last night's pit stop. And uh, but he loves that. But we'll, um, you know, we'll use Disciple Town Table Talkers um, or on Kidology. We, we we sell these um, little Bible uh, trading cards, and we've been working through those. That's great. And um, and then we talk about it, and I'll come up with a game or whatever. But there's so many things you can do. Lots of play things. with but kids. There's, Carl, there's no lack of resources. Not everybody's as creative as you are. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. I think parents need the products that you create because those products help parents to energize their devotion time. I think that's really strategic for parents. Well, I grew up in a Christian home too, just like you did. Okay, so I grew up in a Christian home. I remember learning about Jesus being the light of the world when I was a preschooler in the closet because we had devotions that night in the closet with a flashlight. My dad's holding the flashlight. He's saying, Jesus is the light of the world. We're like the mirrors and he's shining this around. My mom opens the door. Here's treats for devotions. My dad says, okay, give us a treat. Shut the door. We need it dark in here. That's all I remember. But I remember Jesus is the light of the world, you see. Yeah. And, and my dad and mom were so creative with the Bible that it just gave me such a love for God's word and memorizing the scriptures. And, and that's what I think people need today. So I am committed, as you are, we're committed at the National Center for Biblical Parenting for, to provide parents with creative ideas so that they can energize their devotional life. I think it'll go a long way for parents to be able to do that. Yeah, well, there's lots of ways to do it. And, you know, Luke asked me every day, you know, are we doing pit stop and what crazy game are you going to come up with? And, yeah. and yeah, I know not everyone is creative like that, but there, there's books out there, there's resources. Sure. And it takes, that's why we call them VIPs, very intentional parents, because it, it takes some intentionality. You know, it takes me time to read the little card and come up with a game. If you can't come up with a game, then you need to be intentional enough to buy a little book or download a devotional or find mm -hmm. some website because there's, there's no lack of, re for me, it's faster to make it up than to go find the book. Yeah. For, for someone else, it's faster to go find the book than to make it up. So right. however God's wired you, uh, you know, not being creative is not an excuse. You know, um, so I'm plenty being, of resources I'm out being there. lazy and making it up <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's faster for me than to go find a resource. For someone yeah. else, they're being lazy to not go find the book because they yeah. can't make it up. So we're, yeah. we're both lazy. We're just lazy in an opposite direction. Um, but there's so many things out there. And I have to mention Awesome Adventure. Um, that, that is the discipleship book that my wife and I wrote. Disciple Land completely has redesigned it uh, last year. And it is 12 lessons on the basis of the Christian life. And it's beautifully done. I can't take any credit for how amazing that book looks. Mm. And uh, it's designed for parents to take their kids through the basics of the Christian life and to make sure their kids know how to read the Bible, how to pray, how to find their spiritual gifts, That's and great. how to be involved in the church and how to know the gospel and uh, so many practical things in there. And, and if you're a parent listening to this or you're a children's pastor, to have a tool to challenge your parents uh, to go through this and you, you challenge the parents to go through, fit their own book and go through it with their kids. And I can't tell you how many parents would come and say, boy, I learned so much. I think I learned more than my kid. And I kind of chuckled to myself. Again, I call it stealth discipleship because how many parents actually know the basics of the Christian life? Yeah. 
It's really great. I agree with you. Too. So, uh, so I, see, I think Kidology's middle name is Creativity. I just think people can find lots of stuff on the Kidology website that are going to help the church. Now, remember, we're working with church leaders. Church leaders are going to equip parents so that parents can pass the faith on to their children, not just take those cute ideas, just do them in church. We can do that, and that's great, but we're trying to get those to the parents and say, parents, here, take this idea home, do it with your kids, and report back. We, we're trying to transfer leadership to those parents so they can be the primary disciple makers of their children. And, and you can do things to spur curiosity. You know, one year at Christmas, I challenged my parents to uh, take their kids' toys, create a nativity scene, take a picture and email to me, and then I put those on the bulletin board outside in a hallway, and, and I put the family name below it. Some did it with the Thomas Train. Some did it with Eminem Star Wars figures. Some did it with, uh, you know, Legos. And then, um, and then I gave them a devotional. I said, have your kids create a nativity scene, then tell the Christmas story, you know, with their toys, take the picture. And then as I put those up in the hallway on the bulletin board, other families saw, oh, the Johnsons, oh, the Trimalonis, you know, oh, it was the Coughlins, oh, it was, and they saw these names and the pictures, and they realized, oh, other families are engaging their kids on, in the Christmas story. That's a great And they one. said, how, how can I do that? See, and you and as a church leader were at the hub of that. You're just sparking the creativity and prompting. I think that's our role. And, and I told them, you need to do this two weeks before Christmas because by the time Christmas rolls around, they're, all they're thinking about is presents. Yeah. You're not going to have a serious talk about the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day. I'm I sorry. Like that idea. That's so you've got to talk about well, the meaning of Christmas two weeks before Christmas and let them just focus on the, on the presence on Christmas Day. You try and get serious on Christmas Day, you're almost being cruel. Let, let them be a kid on Christmas Day, you know, because he wasn't born on December 25th anyway. He was born in the spring, okay? But let's not get technical. So let them just have presence on Christmas Day. You know, you're going to pray or whatever, but have your serious talk a week before. When they're still enjoying that anticipation and talk about the anticipation of Christ. So anyway, I'm rabbit trailing. But you can engage those kids. So let's see how well people have been listening. We're going to review. We're going to, we're going to give a five second of dead air. And you say, if you're listening, the level. And then, and then Scott's going to give the correct answer. So what is level one? Scott? Level one is engage, have, is creating engaging children and youth programs and inviting parents to be a part of that level Scott, one Scott almost got it wrong so maybe we got all right what is level two <laughs> listeners all right Scott level two is offer parent training programs to engage parents directly all right and level three was survey says level three is intergenerational opportunities to worship learn and serve together all right and level four do you remember it Level four is helping parents be the primary disciple makers of their children. All right, so let me see if I got it now. So I put myself on the spot. So level one is just creating great children's ministry programming That's that right. involves the parents. Level two then is to train the parents to be great parents. Yes. Level three then is intergenerational ministry across all ages. And level four then is equipping parents to become disciples of their kids. Yes. Now, once you've got these four levels, see what it does is it creates the map for you as you're thinking, oh, family ministry. Oh, now I see what I need to do. I'm going to choose to work on level one, or I'm going to choose to work on level two. And now you're saying, ah, we've got to do a little more of this or that. It just creates for you a map so you know how you can take a couple steps here or there. Instead of being in the dark wondering, what is family ministry anyway, kind of stumbling around in it, trying to follow the latest idea or take the box that somebody gives you and says, this is family ministry. Now you're applying these things to your specific church. It just 
um, maximizes what you can do in your planning of your calendar, your organizing of your teachers, your discussions. Even the pastor's sermon can fit around some of these things. It's great tools. Or when you get an idea or somebody wants to come to you and say, I want to do a mother-daughter banquet, it gives you a place to plug in and say, which of these levels does this event fit? Yeah. That's probably an intergenerational yeah, I would event. Say. Sure. Now, if at that event I'm going to do some training on how to do devotions, ooh, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm hitting level two and level three, or I'm hitting level two and three at the same time. So you start, you start evaluating, and then you start finding out, man, I'm doing a lot of level three stuff, but I'm really not doing any level four. So maybe the next time someone comes and says, hey, I want to do a father-son thing, say, you know, we've been doing a lot of level threes. I'd really like to, we need to do a level four event. So even mm -hmm. in your children's ministry team meetings, yeah. you may want to say, you know what, last year we did five level three events. You know, let's cut back and do three. They're great events, but let's add a level two event. What can we do that would be a level two in, in the next year? And um, so you kind of ba balance, balance out your family ministry strategy. Great way to go. I think it really helps churches a lot to, to use this structure to map out their course of their programming. All right, so here's my homework assignment for you. I want you to take a piece of paper. You can pause the podcast if you need to go grab a blank piece of paper. I'll trust that you've done that if you're still listening. And then fold it in half, fold it in half again, unfold it. You'll have four creases in, in an X. And I want you to label them one, two, three, four. I don't care which way you do it. And then in the corners, I just want you to write what those four levels are. I want you to write awesome children's ministry that involves the parents. And then number two, I want you to write um, a ministry that, um, what's number two here? Parent training. Parent, parent training. Parent training is the second one. So that, that'll make our listeners feel better if, if they're still learning them. Number three, I want you to write intergenerational ministry. Number three, uh, parents that disciple kids. And then I want you to later, or pause right now if you want, however you want to do it, I want you to think through your ministry and write down the areas of your ministry that do those things. Now, you may end up with some empty squares, and that's totally fine. But you'll be encouraged by the things you're doing that fit in those squares. And if you've got an empty square, I want you to take that to your team or just before the Lord and pray about, is there something you can do that can fill in one of those squares? And, of course, you can go to biblicalparenting.org, and you can find out what Scott and Joanne may have to help you fill in one of those squares. Again, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're trying to help you improve. Oh, we got a lot of things ministry. to sell. You got a lot of stuff to sell. Well, okay, I'm not trying to sell anything, but Scott is. You know, he's got five kids. I only have one, so I'm, I'm not as interested in selling it. I have one-fifth the miles to feed that Scott has. As long as we're talking about selling stuff, that's a great segue. I have, I've got to tell you, uh, I have been saying for years that the only parenting book that I recommend is Parenting is Heart Work. Because I always say I don't really care about behavior. I care about the heart. And it's the way I was raised. So I resonated when I read that book. This is how my parents raised me. They raised me to have a heart after God and always talked about the heart and talked about my character. And my behavior changed as a result of my heart changing. When my behavior didn't change, it was because my heart still needed more work. I was not a perfect kid, of course. And now, now I can't say that anymore. I'm so crushed. You found another book. I cannot only recommend one book anymore oh. because this new book, it's called The Christian Parenting Handbook. The website, drop the the, it's just christianparentinghandbook.com. And don't buy it yet. Don't pause and buy it because you've got to buy it during a certain window of time to get a $400 in parenting resources. But this book is adds on to the last book. So maybe they both count as the same book. I don't know. But Parenting is Heart Work is all about a heart approach to discipline. But what they've done, and they've spent, you said, how many years writing this? Well, it's 
six years since our last book came out, so we've been really working on this for some time now. All right. Well, what they've done is um, every chapter, it's 50 chapters, but they're short chapters, short chunks of wisdom. There's scripture, if not in every chapter. Every most, chapter. Every chapter's yep. got scripture in it, and they're practical and tidbits. And uh, is this my copy here? It is. I mean, I have got underlines, and I've got stars, and they're just great. And they're, they're just nuggets of wisdom, like consistency is overrated, all right? If you're not a consistent parent, good news, all right? Talk <laughs> about building inner motivation with kids, all right? And how consequences are not the only answer, right? It, it talks about um, training kids, transferring responsibility to the kids. I'm just trying to flip through here, right? Helping kids envision a positive future. And then um, great examples and great stories. Um, I'm one that kind of likes the principles and not long stories. I appreciate that the stories are short because I tend to gloss over those. That's my personality, some people love long stories, but man, it's practical stuff. And, and I've been reading, uh, basically my goal has been a chapter a day. And so that I can actually apply the stuff with my own son and, and the things that I'm challenging with him is I want his heart to develop and, and to be um, focused on the Lord. Um, it's a great book. If you're listening to this, not way in the future, you, you didn't fire up the flux capacitor and hit 88 miles an hour and listen to this in the future. If you were listening to this the week that it came out, what are the dates? Do you know the dates? Of yeah, the... April 29th to May 6th is our special launch week. And we really want to have a big launch. See, they don't measure books nowadays only by good content. They measure by numbers. So, so we're going to play the game. So if you're listening during those dates, say them again. April 29th, 2013 to May 6th. They buy the book during that time. If you're lucky. If you buy it in one of the links in the show notes or you just go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble um, not on Kidology and not on Scott's side. You have to buy it from one of those places. During that week, you'll get a boatload of awesome. $400 worth of parenting resources. Video, Send us your receipt. Things, yeah, it's all, all kinds time. of video stuff we're sending, MP3s, PDFs, all kinds of material involved uh, to help you be a better parent. Over $400 worth of resources. Now, the reason we're doing that is because we want to have a strong launch of this book. We really believe in it. So that's why we're giving away the largest gift we've ever given away to folks, $400 worth of resources if they'll buy it during that week to help us get strong numbers. Yeah, we want to get strong numbers, get the word out. If we can get it on the New York Best Times selling list. That'd be great. Um, so the more people find out about it, because I tell you what, even non-believers will find this book amazing. And they'll and, and then they'll discover, wow, the Bible's full of some great wisdom. Maybe the Bible can help me with some other stuff. <laughs> they'll start reading the Bible. It can be evangelistic, seriously. So you already gave me an advanced copy. I'm going to buy one that week just so I can get all That'd those goodies. And um, so you're going to want to post on Facebook. You're going to want to tweet. You're going to want to LinkedIn, Vine, whatever all those social networks are. Right? Uh, all those good I, ones that you I like. I keep it down to a minimum. <laughs> I'm not, uh, it takes up enough time already. But you're going to want to let your friends know. You're going to want to email the parents in your church and um, just get the word out. But aside from all that promotional stuff, because you may be listening to this after that launch week, let me just encourage you to get this book because I now have only two books on parenting and discipline that I recommend. It's Parenting is Heart Work. Get that if you've not read that, but definitely get the Christian Parenting Handbook. I was telling him, when I get review books, um, which I often am, am blessed to have um, people give me a book for a quote or to review, I usually kind of scan it, read it, kind of open it random and get the feel for the book so that I can hurry up and get a quote off to them. I couldn't do that with this book. I, I haven't even finished it because I'm actually reading it, digesting it, applying what I'm reading to my own parenting because I can't skim it because I'm afraid if I skim it, I won't go back. 
So Scott, Scott sees. So people ask us why another parenting book. Well, see, there's this book is unique. It's not like any other parenting book that's out there. This parenting book is is a way to develop a biblical philosophy of parenting. That's what it's all about. Fifty chapters, each one taking a different part of parenting, so that you can evaluate all of the Christian and secular material out there and decide which things are best for me. Every family is unique, so you want to have a biblical philosophy of parenting in order to pick and choose from the stuff that's out there. What's best for your family? Uh, it is an excellent book. You need to get this book. Thanks, Carl. Well, Scott, this has been great, just getting a chance to sit down with you, um, provide some really practical ideas, how to approach family ministry from these four levels. I think that's really given people a way to think about family ministry in a new way, in an organized way, a structured way. I hope people have been taking notes. I'm going to put that in the show notes. And uh, I'm really looking forward to when this book is in a lot of people's hands. And that's exciting. Um, as we just wrap this up, do you have a, a story or something that you can just leave with us, just some parting words? Let me just tell you about something I learned yesterday. Uh, one of the ladies who's now on our launch team to launch this book is telling about how she heard about us. She went to a one of our parenting seminars, actually going through one of our video series. I wasn't even there. But she was invited to this event, and she learned about this heart-based approach to parenting. And she realized that she had a problem in her own heart, that she didn't have Jesus living in her life. And so she ended up committing herself to Christ as a result of going to that parenting seminar. I never knew that. I was so excited to hear because we're regularly telling people about Jesus and trying to interest them in their own personal relationship with the Lord. And every once in a while, we hear a story like this one where this lady was led to the Lord by actually learning about the heart and how to apply the the heart principles to their children. They say, boy, I got to work on my own heart. So she ended up accepting Jesus into her life as a result of this ministry. That's amazing. You know, I do believe, uh, and I wasn't kidding when I said this book can be evangelistic. If you have friends that are not a believer, one of the best ways that you can reach people, um, they, they have their defenses up when you try to evangelize sometimes. But when you can show them that God's word makes sense and that God's word is practical and applicable to life and that all truth is God's truth, it can break down some barriers. And when they begin to see changes in their kids' lives as a result of just applying God's principles, the Holy Spirit can can use that. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's powerful. It's really powerful. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you so much for your uh, working with Kidology over the years and allowing us to um, spread the good word about what you and Joanne are up to. Keep up the great work and send me the link to the blog post that your son recently did. Oh, that's a good one. About the things that your dad, that his dad did right. That was honoring, very honoring that he did that. And let me just say, I'm honored to be associated with you, Carl, and part of the Kidology team. I'm grateful for what you're doing. I think we get a great ability to reach a lot of people with the kingdom message using uh, through children's ministry. So thanks for what you're doing. Keep up the good work. That's our mission, equipping and encouraging those in children's ministry and and through your ministry, we're able to do the same to a lot of parents as well. Thank you. Well, thanks again for listening to Kidman Talk. I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Scott Taransky. Be sure to visit his website at biblicalparenting.org. And once again, let me remind you, you can influence Kidman Talk and let me know what topics you would like me to address by emailing me at carl at kidmantalk.com. You can use Twitter at Kidman Talk or interact in the forum and post your questions. The sh- everything mentioned in the show today, I've linked in the show notes. There's just a lot of resources there. Don't overlook the show notes 
when you're listening to the podcast because you'll find a lot of great goodies there. Well, until next time, this is Carl Bastion from Kidology.org. Thanks for listening to Kidman Talk. Talk.